When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Welcome everyone to the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ross. Uh, my pleasure to have with me again today, Bruce Eccles, uh, founder of uh, Eccles Auto in, and uh, semi-retired, but also uh, as an executive with the Automotive Aftermarket Retailers of Ontario. Uh, Bruce has uh, really set an example for uh, service for a long, long time now and is, uh, you know, an out outspoken uh, professional in the industry. Now, he did a podcast with us uh, not too long ago, uh, beseeching uh, members of the automotive service provider community to, uh, you know, stop the trash talk, stop trashing your competitors on the independent side and, and kind of pulling together. Got a lot of great response for that, but it's it's not always easy, right, Bruce? When you see a car come in with a, you know, that it's maybe it's a new customer. You do a, your, the inspections you're supposed to do. Your process is in, and your techs look at it and they shake their heads and they're like, "What has been going on with this car? There's all this work needs to be done," and it's it's not it's not easy to to not let that kind of slip out to the customer and say, you know, "Oh boy, where have you been taking your car?" Right? Uh, kind of. Yeah. You know, Andrew, it, it's probably a, a position that almost every shop's run into. I, I will guarantee you they have. Uh, but you, let's be honest, you've got to keep it professional because you're also insulting their ability to find a place to get their car repaired. But on the other hand, too, you might be you might be scaring them and frightening them away from your own shop. You've done everything absolutely proper. Maybe the car does need repairs. The car needs servicing. But by calling down whoever it's been servicing is the last thing you want to do. First of all, it's, it's unprofessional. But more importantly, it actually insults the car owner because they were happy where they were going. Now, maybe they weren't. Maybe they're back to, they're back to you on a recommendation or who knows. But you got to bear in mind, they at one time in their thought their car was being properly serviced. So you, you're not going to start uh, pointing fingers or, or, or calling people any names. You, that's when you have to have a real serious one-on-one -on -one with the, you know, the, the owner of the vehicle and say, okay, here's what we found with the car. Um, there's going to be a few things we should do right away, like because the, the front brakes are steel on steel or you've got a worn front end component or something. But we can probably we can probably let that pinion seal. We'll clean it up and let's, let's check it again in a few weeks. There's things you can sort of postpone. Mm -hmm. But you're doing no good to anybody, including yourself, if you start calling down another shop or a dealership. I mean, le legitimately, what good does it do? And as I said, Andrew, you're just insulting the people's ability to find a place. So it's it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, again, you know, I've certainly, you know, even just in my own kind of aside from my my role, you know, in, in the aftermarket, uh, you know, friends and family who've had bad experiences where they've gone in there, you know, as I said, they've, they've come and they said, hey, you know, just brought it to a new shop. And they said, oh, my gosh, you know, it's $3,000 worth of work <laughs> back when $3,000 was a big job, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, and they were like, where have you been taking it? And and uh, like, oh, they missed this. They missed that, you know, and, and uh, they just have a bad experience about it, even if they're, uh, you know, and, you know, the job here is is to to, to focus on it, giving them as as positive an experience as possible, notwithstanding the work that needs to be done. Right, Bruce? 
Well, again, and, and we know we've been saying this forever. You're you're when you the business we're in, basically, Andrew, it's a negative purchase. No one really wants to put a ball joint in their car. They want that ball joint to last the life of the car. And they don't really want to do repairs. They kind of understand tires. I don't know why, but people understand tires wear out and brakes wear out. But anything else always seems to upset people. I don't know why. So here's the situation. In, in a way, you've got to just, edu- I hate using this word, but you've got to educate the consumer in a way that they knew, need to do some repairs, but but it doesn't do you any good to start talking about previous overlooked services or whatever, because you have to bear in mind the other thing too, Andrew, maybe the car hasn't been getting serviced properly since the day it was purchased. And they're the, the only person to blame is the vehicle owner. And you're not going to do that because you're hoping they're going to say, yeah, fix it. You know what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, you don't know their situations too, right? So, uh, uh, you know, I like to take the view that, uh, you know, the, 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 the car owner is probably aware uh, uh, you know, of, of where their car's at. They're obviously they're in, they need, no one needs service. So they've made the big leap to come in and bring their car for service. So yeah, let's not, let's not make them make, they think that that's a bad decision. Right. Um, and, yeah. and who, who knows, you know, that other shop that, that, uh, you know, maybe prone to bad mouthing, maybe they did do the job. Maybe they did make the recommendations, but for whatever reasons, that car owner wasn't in a position to affect those repairs. Exactly. And, you know, you have to be sensitive to people's needs and financial uh, ability to, to even like we see scenarios that are unfortunate. And we ran into quite a bit of this with COVID where uh, people really maybe were going to buy a new car. Maybe they were sort of putting off repairs because they said, why would I spend a thousand dollars on this car? Because we're going to buy a new Toyota or whatever in the spring. And then COVID came along. And unfortunately, some of the neglected services that maybe to a degree came back to haunt them. But we also had kind of an interesting thing. We had a lot of people commit to their vehicle for the first time. Like I'm, I'm talking clients that traditionally get new cars. They've committed to keeping that vehicle longer for lots of reasons. But the number one reason is they, the availability of new cars and the whole process of buying a new car right now is, is difficult. And so when we present the idea of keeping this car another two or three years, let's, let's understand what that's going to cost you, which is obviously substantially less than new car. We, we've got a lot of our clients are committing to keeping the car now. And this is obviously good for the aftermarket and, uh, and good for us. And some of that, uh, yes, was brought on by COVID. But some of that's coaching your, your clients, too. You know, when you're a, a lot of times clients come in. So we have a little bit of questionnaire we have uh, um, got that when a customer comes in for the first time, we have a series of questions we ask them. And um, one of the questions we say, do you own the car or do you lease it? Are you planning on keeping the car three years, five years, seven years un- unknown? And by doing that, you're already planting the seed that I want to keep this car. Some people, some people say they don't know, and that's unknown. But we say, okay, but here's our objective. We want the car to last as long as possible. And we're hoping that's what you want. So here's what we're going to recommend. And a lot of people appreciate that. And this, this process, when they commence, takes 15, 20 minutes sometimes. It's, it's not like... It's, it's probably for some customers, they go, well, what the heck was that all about? But others appreciate what we're trying to do. Because I'm going to tell you, Andrew, if a guy's leasing a car and he gets a new one every two years, we're probably not going to be too worried about flushing transmission fluids or changing coolants or anything like that or anything. you know. But the guy says, I want to keep it 10 years. Let's follow the guidelines from the manufacturer. And you know, we, we all know when a car is really well-maintained, they last a lot longer. 
Yeah, 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 no, for sure. And, you know, it, come, it occurs to me, uh, you know, there was, it used to be a very much, a, uh, you know, I would hear it a, a lot, you know, oh, uh, you know, the, your car needs this and this and this. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm getting rid of it in six months. I, you know, I don't worry about it, you know. Well, you know, especially with the continuing uh, new car supply uh, delays, um, you know, that six months can turn into a year pretty quick. And and yeah. now that uh, kind of borderline system is is now really going to cause a problem. So you know it, it's a it's a good good time to be able to have those conversations. I think you know uh, uh, as you mentioned a, a, a client uh, base, a customer base in in the independent uh, automotive service provider market that's more receptive than ever to suggestions about here. Here's how to maintain your car where you can keep it in good shape longer. Uh, and, and, uh, even if you're, you're not looking to keep it for 10 years, uh, you know, your, your trade-in value, your resale is, is going to be uh, all that much better because we're still, we're, we're in for a long ride before new vehicle, uh, supplies are, you know, uh, ready in a minute. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I kind of feel that we're never going to see it quite the way it was ever again. I kind of think that this way that cars are being sold now that might stay a little longer than we want and that space there's going to be some excuses and they'll always blame COVID, i suppose but i think it's i think in many respects it's probably better for the manufacturer and for the the dealer because there's no inventory but as fast as they're building they're selling and i think you're going to see that's going to be an you're not going to see uh i don't think you're going to see car lots with uh 60 or 70 or 80 cars sitting there on a floor plan of some sort that's costing the dealer all kinds of money to keep there until they're sold I think the manufacturer is going to allow that guy the 10 or 15 cars that he's going to sell that month or whatever. But you're going to see a little bit more on-time delivery for the sale, and I think everybody benefits. I think if you kind of look at it from a dealer's perspective, if they're paying, I don't know what it is because I'm not a dealer, but say they're paying 1% floor pan or whatever, well, they got $3 million for the cars. That's a, that's a hefty bill at the end of the month. Whereas if they can eliminate that, their bottom line's better. So they maybe don't – maybe they're happy to have a few less cars on the on the lot and this whole sense of i'm not gonna say it's false demand but this whole sense of we can't get it for you creates kind of a people want to get one like it's not even maybe the color they want or whatever they're just excited they can get a new car so yeah uh, it might change it might be like this forever now who knows yeah from what i hear you know in my conversations with others around the new car dealer space uh you kind of hit the nail right on the head there uh, you know, they, many of them have had, uh, financially speaking, business-wise, profit-wise, uh, some of their best years because they haven't had the 10 or $20 million worth of, uh, you know, uh, you know, expenses for having all those cars on the lot. They're selling them before they get them, you know, and and, uh, right. and they've sort of figured that, hey, this makes a lot of sense, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you know was- I'm sure I'm sure there's some customers that that, you know, really need to see that car and that color that they want on the lot. Uh, but, you know, it, it's uh, now with, uh, you know, uh, so much going through the digital space on the new car size. I think you're you know, you're you're probably not far from the truth. We'll see how it plays out over time, of course. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, again, there was a time uh, before this latest time where you did order your car and it wasn't coming till the fall. Uh, yeah, that's right. All, ever, you know, it was months and months and months away, and somehow we got used to being able to walk into the lot and uh, sign the papers and drive away. You know, so yeah. Um, well, you know what? It's it's uh, it's really interesting how it's changed. But like I said, I think you're going to see it stay. It's a little bit more like it is now. A little, I, I 
the traditional we're going to look at, at, at 12 different uh, Buicks, all different colors that you, you know, choose the one you want. Those days are gone. I'm pretty certain of that. And, and the ability to go online and look, you can, you know, you can go online and build and price a car yourself and you can put all the wheels you want on it. You can put, because the, the, all the software uh, that's available for building your own, I mean, you can put the car on your uh, computer and look at it inside, outside, and every which way. So I think they're counting on that. People build their car and then, you know, order it from the dealer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and, and certainly, you know, this has driven both the, uh, uh, you know, the owners of vehicles to to look to keep their vehicles. Uh, certainly early on in the, in the pandemic, it certainly drove a lot of folks who hadn't been driving, uh, didn't have cars to buy all manner of, uh, uh, you know, whatever the used vehicles were that they could get. Uh, they didn't, you know, folks who maybe normally been on uh, uh, public transit and didn't want to do that because of the uh, you know, concerns over being in, in one cl enclosed space with a lot of other other people, certainly more in kind of urban uh, urban environments and whatnot, too. Um, but, you know, it all helps the aftermarket uh, kind of general vehicle and operation, right? Well, it's interesting. It, it's kind of been a COVID's created a lot of different uh, um, challenges in our business. But the one thing I'll say that's interesting, we have had a few people that are now permanently working out of their house. And I guess that's going to be their employers decided that it's worked well. So we've actually had two or three of our clients sell their second car because the used car values are so high. Yep. They say this car is worth this car is worth five thousand dollars more than it was two years ago. We're not driving it. In fact, that's a problem because it's sitting too much. So they're happy to sell it. They consider that five thousand a bonus, and I see what they're saying. Sure. And because one or the other is working out of the house, and uh, so then it's kind of interesting these things that have sort of happened through COVID. Um, and, and I'm kind of certain that those people will end up with two cars again sometime in their lives. But right now, they just thought they'd take advantage of the, the used car market. Sure, yeah. But that car goes somewhere, right? Somebody else is it driving it. It goes somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else so. is driving it and, and hopefully driving it into your uh, your shop, too. If, if you're gonna... Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. But again, this, you know, I guess, you know, in that case, you'd be hard pressed to to, you know, uh, look under the inspection and say, oh, who's been working on your car? <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, well, see, I guess and, that's and me. See, uh, and, uh, and that's why you just keep your mouth shut, because let's be honest, it doesn't do you any good anyways. And you certainly don't want to uh, get yourself pinned down in a position where, yeah, oh, where'd you get the car service? Mm, that's funny. <laughs> that's one of our customers' cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but nonetheless, I mean, again, again, we brings it right down to full circle, right? It's like when, when you have a customer yeah. in front of you, the last thing you want to do is make an already, I mean, we talked about it being a grudge purchase. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the yep, old, yep. Uh, old phraseology uh, here. Uh, you, the last thing you want to do is make that into a, a, a less pleasant experience, right? I, let me tell you something about working with your competitors, if you want to call them competitors. So we have a shop in our town, two and a half blocks away, uh, that was renovating. It was one of our old shops. That we sold them. And we, they had to close down for three weeks. We let them use one of our bays with their customers' cars in our shop. And that's just because that's what you do. Yeah, it, it, the, the, way, the way we thought about it is, okay, they're, they're down the road. They fix, They have their own clientele. We have our own clientele. We work together on a lot of things, a lot of things. And he doesn't want to be shut down for three weeks. So we, we had an extra bay because we've always got an emergency bay we keep open. We don't have a tech in that bay. So we allowed them to use their apprentice came down and worked in our shop for three weeks with their customers' cars. I mean, that's just, that's just a good thing to do. It's the right thing to do.
We'll be right back after this. Did you know that Delphi Technologies is the only OE full-line fuel supplier? Go with the global aftermarket supplier with over 3,200 SKUs covering more than 280 million vehicles in operation and with parts tested in OE durability and reliability conditions to ensure a quality fit and performance. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com. Yeah, we, we talk about this here, you know, uh, certainly uh, as the automotive service provider community. And, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's hard to think of it that way if you're kind of fighting tooth and nail for, for what you think is the business. But as you say, you have your clientele, the shop down the road has, has their clientele. And, and uh, if they're doing the right job, they'll keep their clientele and their customers, as, as will you. And, and uh, it, you know, to take a little bit less, uh, I mean, you can still compete, of course. You still want to compete with the quality of your work yeah. and the quality of your service. Uh, but it should stop there and not go to the point where you're tearing it down or trying to throw roadblocks in the way of your competitors, right? Exactly right. And this always comes up because we always parlay this around, you know, my feelings about how independents really need to be along to an association where you've got a voice. And that's why I push the, the arrow uh, program because we're, and we're continually trying to improve it and make it better. And if you're, if you're an independent, you you need to be involved in an association that basically is you with seven, eight hundred, a thousand other people just like you. Um, and then issues you're going to, uh, you know, maybe come across your uh, service desk or whatever. It's sort of like you're not alone in this game. And uh, and it, I really believe associations are more important now, maybe than they ever were, because, I mean, a banner program has some of the same benefits. But what, but what we're talking about is probably independent. Uh, with no attachments to any particular brand of auto part or whatever. And I just think that it's really imperative that if you're an independent, you should get involved in an association and get involved with their training and, and meet people and network and expand uh, the amount of people you could perhaps pick up a phone and say, hey, have you ever run into this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, and it's a great suggestions. You know, building community, uh, drawing together, uh, exchanging ideas, uh, and you know, I'll just sort of uh, put a bow on this and say it's really hard to do that with a shop down the road if you've been turning around and trashing them. Uh, exactly. They will know. They'll know. Uh, yeah. And and uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, we have everybody. I think in this industry takes a lot of pride in the work that they do and the service they provide customers. Um, we're not all perfect. Uh, sometimes everybody makes mistakes, and sometimes those cars that you think haven't been maintained haven't been maintained for reasons that go beyond what that service provider, uh, you know, has has been recommending. Right? I mean, uh, as we talked about. Yeah. Before, so, and know, and so, um, yeah, yeah, but and that's it. Does come back to to circle back? It does come back. It doesn't do anybody any good. So, let you know. For, let's start at ground zero. Let's just work now with the vehicle and what it needs. Let's not talk about its history. Let's not talk about the consumers needs or wants or financial restraints at the time because none of that's important here's what's important we'll do this now we have to do this and i think every good shop in fact i'm almost positive all shops have that same thing look the car needs basically three thousand dollars worth of service but we can spread that over six visits or something you know we we need to do the brakes they're steel on steel that's the why you came in because of that noise but then the steering component that's why your tires wore out so what we'd like to do is just get that tie rod end put on it let's do the front brakes 
With the tires we're going to look at again in three, three or four months, and at that time we'll have a closer look at that stab stab link that's a bit loose, stuff like that. Because when you start breaking it down and 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 sort of I guess best described as a, a budget with your customer, how how do you how do you make it work for all parties concerned? Well, the best thing you can do is say, look, it's dangerous, so you obviously want to be fixing the brakes, but let's spread this over six months. And most people, most clients understand that. And the whole process of budgeting, unfortunately, I've been saying since I got in this career that people just don't budget for car repairs. It's crazy. They own a car. They know it costs them a couple thousand a year at least to keep it on the road, but they don't budget for it. They always pull out their credit card and that's their budgeting. And I don't know if they, to be honest, Andrew, I don't know if they paid a statement off at the end of the month. But <laughs> when I find that out is when it comes in for its second or third and they go through they have a they have a wallet full of credit cards and it's like they're shuffling for a card game trying to find one that will work. Now right. it's difficult for us because we know they got some financial issues, but that doesn't the car still needs brakes and steering and you know so it is it is interesting at times how we have to work around certain things. Yeah, 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 for sure. A car needs what a car needs, right? Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes the, you know, it takes a bit to get that uh, communicated to the customer and uh, uh, kind of just uh, doesn't doesn't mean, you know, you have a responsibility, right, to, to recommend the work that it needs. And, and uh, yeah, kind of, kind of See, getting in the end, of we it. never got involved because I had a bad scenario years and years ago. We were probably in business about 10 years. There was a couple of avenues where you could allow your customer. We'd get paid immediately and the customer didn't have to pay for six months or something like that, you know. Uh, like a deferred payment plan on car repairs. Well, it doesn't make sense for so many reasons, but one of the situations that happened to us, and it, it really was unfortunate. It was a single mom, of course, a single mom, but that, not picking on them, but of course, she's oh, no. going to have some budget issues. And she takes advantage of don't pay for six months. Well, I get paid right away. It goes to some finance company. It was through an association. not. It. And uh, anyways, um, six months later, her car gets towed in. And it needs a bunch of work again. Her uncle comes in and starts talking to me. She hasn't paid for the one that she did the time before. So she still owes that. And I don't remember the amount. It doesn't matter. She still owes for that. Then he tells me that when she was up north in Huntsville or something, the car broke down and needed a water pump or something. She hasn't paid for that. She put that on deferred. And now the car came in. I think it needed an ignition module or something. It was an old uh, Oldsmobile. Anyways, long story short, she hadn't paid any car repair bills now. And I felt guilty that we're the ones that got her on that, that train right. of, you know, and in the end, what happened is because her uncle was a good client of ours. He paid when the car came in, he paid for the module or the coil or whatever it needed. And he explained to us that she's, she's not good with her finances and she hasn't got a lot of money. So this whole putting the thing off and you know what? I uh, scrapped the program. I never did it again. I never, I said, you know what? I don't want to be involved with it. Like, I'm not a banker, and I and as Bob Greenman would say, you're not a bank. Why do people owe you money? Right, right. So, I hear you. I, I remember, remember that was the first thing he said. Why do people owe you money? And it's the same thing. Why are you lending money? Let them find their own way to do it. Yeah, yeah. We're all kind of grown ups here, right? And and uh, you know, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. You, you know, you don't want to be the person that looks like they're responsible for somebody being in debt, right? So. Um, yeah. for, especially yeah. if it's going dragging out like that. I mean, that's uh, that, that can be a whole other, whole other issue. Um, 
We're kind of out of time here, but but I want to just uh, say to everybody uh, that, uh, you know, once again, thanks, Bruce, for coming on. And, you know, really important to to get beyond the, the trash talk. Uh, think about it as a community. Your, your competitors are also, you know, your, your colleagues in the business trying to do their best for their customers. Uh, great suggestion from Bruce to look to a local association to be able to share experience maybe in addition to any other network or banner programs you're you might be a part of uh great suggestion uh, bruce of course is involved with the automotive aftermarket retailers of ontario at double uh, a r o dot c a uh arrow dot c a uh and uh, you know give them a look uh you, you know you get a chance to talk to other shop owners and uh and uh, maybe solve some of your common uh issues build that community and and uh, we all work together to keep the canadian uh, driving public safe and uh, mobile. All right, thanks yeah. everybody. Thanks, Bruce, again for coming thanks, on. Thanks, Andrew. And uh, oh, take, care, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. We'll see you next time on the podcast. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at indiegarage.ca and jobbernation.ca, a brand of chat integrated media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.